0: know much about politics at the moment.
1: Well, nobody knows anything about politics. You want a lollipop?
0: What kind of flavors you got in there? Uh.
1: The the basic ones? Oh, what am I? I'm three. Uh, Okay, cool. Awesome. What is that, green apple? Yeah, man. I see, I see, I see. All right, nice. All right all right okay That's, <laughs> it's not working at all whatever uh okay cool well we're started oh did we yeah well, welcome back everybody
0: to the msg podcast
1: yeah maybe maybe if i do it like. what's going on right now
0: are you advancing the cylinder before you shoot it because it self-advances huh have you have you test fired that one before
1: yeah, it was working
0: fine earlier. Ah, there it is. They're just not in all the way.
1: It's, I don't know. That's weird. It's not working. Maybe Whatever. Darn, it's faulty. Oh, we got my backup gun. Okay. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, what are we talking about? I don't know what to talk about anymore. Ugh. Uh. We didn't play any pickleball. We'll no, play Vinta we played some Pinta today, though.
0: Yeah, that was good.
1: That wasn't bad. Had I like, mean, we didn't play that It's very only like three or four games.
0: Yeah, that was, it was good. had
1: to head out because you sad. <laughs> sad. Yeah, no, we should still definitely going. We'll get that group together or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Now that we got a an actual
0: down. group chat, so we, we play this I'm game, play a sport some game Pinto. called Pente, in uh, our youth group, and it's a very intense strategy game. It's much better than chess or checkers. I can tell you that much. <laughs> you can have up to eight players at a time, and if you really wanted to have a death wish, then you could break the rules and go like twenty players. You could something. have a lot of people at once. You'd you just need more of the colored yeah pieces. Yeah,
1: but. No, that's pretty good. It's like it's Connect fantastic. Four. It's like Advanced Connect Four type stuff, mm-hmm. with like special rules.
0: Yeah. So, we all got together one day and just played twenty or thirty games straight, and, and we were we
1: playing played. for what, like four or five hours yeah, yeah, that one was, night. It
0: was insane. It was awesome. Everybody was brain dead by the end, and like I could
1: have kept going, dude. Oh,
0: I could have too. It would have been awesome. I, 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 I was, was high this. on sugar, dude. I'd
1: love to do that. Do like an all-nighter of that game. would... Do it all day.
0: Yeah. Nathan was saying, like, we'd do an all-nighter sometime. I'm down. Over a fifth of whiskey. and <laughs> <laughs> I think that would make it a little bit I'll new. have to skip the whiskey, yeah, but I'll be I down to do an
1: all-nighter of that game. That game's fun.
0: I would do maybe, like, one shot, and then I would be done. because oh, One shot. <laughs> I feel like there would be some, some uh, issues. Some, maybe some issues if everybody got a little tipsy on that.
1: Oh, yeah. Then nobody would go home. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's the first issue, yeah, uh, of Many. Many. Everybody starts punching everybody, but mm-hmm. that's besides the point. I right. I don't know what to talk about. Here, Uh-oh. here's some stuff. Oh, yeah. I'll that's the stuff we, we had written down. Obviously, um, we have topics. We just don't talk about topics. I mean, some of those we already talked about, anyways. So there's no point in bringing them up. Yeah, that's true. There's some of
0: them that like people. It's like yeah. People would already know our stance on them. I guess the, Actually, the last one could be interesting. Last one. But that I feel like, the <laughs> that won't I feel like cover that's short. Yeah. yeah. I feel
1: exactly. like that's short. Also, it's not like I have a bunch of info on that stuff. We can go into it.
0: That, that one's kind of weird. That's too. more
1: of a you subject than a me subject. I can't really talk about that. Like, I don't have any.
0: I can get my opinion on it, but that's about it. <laughs> Maybe that'll lead us into something else to talk about. I don't know. <laughs>
1: Uh, all right. Uh, this is religious, I guess technically. Uh, it says uh, the topic is: Do babies go to heaven? No. Okay. Next subject. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Uh, you know, I'll let you start. Oh, I'll let you start with that one.
0: It's a. T- I don't.
1: I mean, I don't have a whole lot of info on that. Right. It's. It's a good question because it's. Because from it's what very I personal. from what I know, there's no actual proof right there's nothing that says it is but it doesn't mean that they don't so it's like let's
0: start off with the basics which is you know proof in the pudding kind of stuff for a baby to go to heaven it would have to have a soul which i think is definite all babies have souls from the moment of conception and that's another topic that would be great to get into with like a group do people think babies don't have souls no, not necessarily. Say, I haven't even, heard of that. But one. but if you rephrase the question into when does life start?
1: Oh, uh, yeah, I guess then. It, I mean, we that we've that already situation. talked about like about life, right? Yeah, we've already talked about like we went into abortion and such. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. so that's that's
0: where that conversation takes place. But technically, that's for for what we're concerned with. That's that's a rephrasing of that question. Okay. It's like do babies have souls?
1: Yeah. So like, if, yeah, if you I don't believe, bo- do. <laughs> So.
0: So, from that moment on, yes. Okay, so that covers that component of it. Now, do all babies go to heaven? They, you know, bring up the abortion uh, debate. If a baby dies in the womb before it had any chance of choosing, you know, God or choosing a path contrary to God, would that baby go immediately to hell or to heaven? It's an incredibly difficult question because... It is. (laughs) I think we would both like all babies to go to heaven. Like, that's, you know... Yeah. Who in their right <laughs> mind would say, yeah, all babies are definitely going to hell?
1: I mean, the same people who think babies aren't life.
0: Right. Oh. And I I personally believe they all do. In terms of what the Bible actually says about it, I don't I don't know if there's really any hard proof. It doesn't say specifically. Not that I
1: know of. I don't think there is, but... I mean I don't know. I could I mean, be missing something.
0: I think they all are in the presence of God as soon as they die and but yeah, it's <laughs> this is an awkward start to it, but it's it's hard to say for certain because of the whole predestination for versus free will debate. Yeah, because if if certain people were Cause... predestined to be saved and yet others weren't and those were babies that were to be dying, to be killed in the womb. It it makes it kind of an unusual and very ethically based... Very
1: weird area.
0: ...conversation. I I personally believe they all do, though, because for the simple fact, like, that's kind of (laughs) unfair. Yeah, it is. Seems like it. Again, fairness has nothing to do with it because we're all dead in our trespasses to begin with. So they they didn't experience any of the miseries of life, that's for sure. Yeah. But to go straight to hell, I think that's a bit much.
1: Yeah, you would definitely wake up there, boom. You would have no idea yeah. why you were there,
0: right? Because right, this is this is I guess branching be, off from the theological norm here. This is just speculation, but I feel like all the people that will inevitably go to hell are probably still used just as strongly by God to help other people get to us, uh, you know, into salvation. You know, they they might be. Uh, a bully for somebody that, that really puts them into a dark place and then through that and through other situations then they end up seeking out Christ because of the misery of their situation Yeah. but that person who was the bully might have always been intended to go to hell and then you know other situations or vice versa people who think that they're saved might lead other people down into a different path, it's, it's that kind of thing yeah. you know, we can't know that for certain either but
1: everything's connected Mm-hmm. But if you believe
0: that, you know, that, that some people were not to be saved, but they might lead other people to be saved through other things, those babies couldn't be used necessarily. Well, I guess they could, just the, the fact that they were a baby yeah, and that they were killed by abortion, maybe just the knowledge of that for somebody else might lead them into a certain path.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what else to say on that Like.
0: Yeah, it's that's a kind that, of a hard. That's, it's
1: yeah, a hard well, that's one. more just opinion based, I guess.
0: Yeah, now it's a question of do pets go to heaven? That's a that's a different one.
1: Do animals go to heaven, or pets specifically,
0: or do animals? Yeah, animals
1: in general. All dogs go to heaven. <laughs> two. <laughs> <laughs> Only two of them go. <laughs> I don't know
0: about that one. That one's that one's another What's weird debate one. I I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: There there was a study done. On animals, where people were trying to kind of solve that, they didn't. They weren't, they weren't setting out to solve that, but they were curious about certain things, and they would weigh dogs as they were dying. And the moment that they died, they would instantly weigh less. It's like it that so doesn't like the, yeah. necessarily work. So I like, wait a minute, wait, why would they weigh less all of a sudden? Because you know, matter and anything. Yeah. So. Their their speculation at the time was one of, like, maybe... Their soul... They had, had a soul. A, had a weight yeah. to and it. Yeah, maybe... So yeah, when their soul left, it took weight. off that amount of weight. Yeah, that was kind of their whole postulation, and they were freaked out, because, yeah, mass doesn't suddenly change the moment you die. Yeah. You'd still weigh the same. It might be a little bit more awkward to carry <laughs> your dead weight. Yeah. But... That's interesting. That's the only bit of scientific knowledge I have about that. The Bible says absolutely nothing about it, although... There probably are. There are animals in heaven, if we take certain passages quite literally. I mean Christ himself is riding a riding a white horse when he comes back to uh yeah <laughs> to maybe fight. Maybe
1: well kinda say it works the same for them. Right. That would be hard to say.
0: So yeah, it's like do animals come from here and go up to heaven? Nah, I have no clue. Are there animals that were made in heaven, separate from the ones down here? Technically, if probably. you talk about uh, seraphim and, and cherubim, yeah. I'm not sure they're animals. They're they're sentient, yeah. higher beings. But it probably. I don't like. I don't
1: know. That's interesting. I never thought about that one because they had that movie, the, the All Dogs Go mm-hmm. to Heaven. It's just, it's just right, implied. I, just, I never heard about that study. Where did you hear about that?
0: I can't or, even. It was when I was in like middle school. I think was when I first he- heard about it, or maybe early in high school. Okay. But it was, an, it was a very serious study, and I remember it because the scientists were completely baffled. Because they're like, this, this shouldn't happen. They were kind of doing the study on a whim anyway, and they're like, this is a weird result. Yeah. There's no knowing whether or not you know souls do have a weight, although I'd be curious if they started weighing people when they died, if something similar happened.
1: Do you think so? I don't think anything. I don't think that would happen.
0: Maybe. I don't know. I, I mean, we, we like. know for certain, humans do have souls, yeah. So it's like that's a known element that maybe scientists don't care too much. They'd probably just say, well, consciousness is what we would regard as a soul, and it's just the specific firing of neurons in a way that makes us feel like we're yeah in control of our own thought processes. Amen. There's a lot of ways to say we got a soul.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's, it goes all over the place, honestly. Mm-hmm. You got Bill Nye over here. <laughs>
0: a sciencey kind
1: of guy <laughs> bill Nye acting like he's a real science guy
0: yeah that, but he ain't he he's like diehard atheist I'm but sure he, he and he's not a scientist he, yeah, <laughs> he, he doesn't is. have any doctor yeah, i don't PCs. think he has
1: any i don't know if, but everybody takes his word for like yeah well, shoot he golden was standard in the
0: debate versus uh I guess what's his name the, the, the i'll show you guy the, right but the, 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 the art creation versus uh big bang debate yeah. Which was, it was Ken Ham, that's his name. Uh, That was an interesting debate. I remember also watching that back when I was in high school. Uh, Both of them did a very good job, but debates are terrible if you want to, like, choose one side over another because you already come into it with biases and you're just going to listen primarily to who you you back. Um, Debates are more, more or less just to get ideas out there than it is to actually, like, settle an issue like, both of them made great points.
1: Right, yeah.
0: But nice. it, the whole thing, and I wish Kinham would have, I guess they couldn't have really strayed away from that because it was more an uh, atheism versus creation debate. Um, but if they had broken more into the, the evolutionary processes that atheists love to, to use, uh, Kinham could have used the, it's like the the tactical nuke of the creation debate, which is Darwin's Doubt. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of that before. I don't think I have. Um, but it is by far the best tactic, I guess you could say. You have to know what you're talking about if you ever use it, but uh, Darwin's Doubt is a argument against evolutionary theory, and it was you know something that Darwin brought up quite a bit. It was his one biggest doubt about his own theory. Uh... If humans evolved from something lesser, so, you know, something that has virtually no intelligence, talking about monkeys and fish and whatever the process is that led from primordial soup to us, if we truly did evolve from that to these higher cognitive beings that we are, then there's absolutely no reason to trust our own mental facilities, our own faculties, as it were because they came from a source of non-intelligence. Essentially. If it was completely random and unguided, then there's no reason we should trust our own ability to think and our own ability to reason out the fact that there was evolution in the first place. So yeah. it becomes a cyclical destruction to their own argument. It's like, oh, okay.
1: So Darwin, did Darwin come up with that? Yeah. Someone, okay. Yeah,
0: that was his constant doubt was that, okay, yeah, if, if we evolved then there's no reason we can trust our own minds to figure out that we evolved. Because if it was completely random on a cosmic scale, there's there's no proof that even what we're seeing and experiencing right now is even real. Yeah, It's just sort of up in the air. It could just be a flurry of, I don't know, electrons that's simulating all of this and it's yeah. all gone. So it's that kind of thing. And people, evolutionists and atheists have ignored it largely for the last several decades because yeah. it's... It's one of those things that on the surface it doesn't seem to be like much of a problem until you actually give it some weight and you actually go, okay well certainly there's a an explanation for that on the atheist side there's not
1: yeah. atheism you can you can debate atheism pretty well, yeah. well i 'm not saying you have to debate it versus like God or anything, but you can simply like mm-hmm. like what, what was that ape um is it lucy ape is it monkey whatever what do we, what we call it the marsupial? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember they found the bones for what they called her Lucy? Oh yeah. I think it was the first <laughs> the first like man-like ape or something. Hmm. Yeah, was well, that uh, it? Maybe caveman like. Mm-hmm. And then, and then you know, they have it, they have uh I don't know where it is. What museum is at, but it, there was only like 20% of the bones actually found. Hmm. But they put like pictures of the full skeleton in like bu- in uh science books and all that, but it's like the rest of those are just um they just I guessed on what it looked like because they only had like twenty or maybe like eighteen percent of the bones, Yeah. and the rest was completely empty. So then they made they fake bones that they said, "Oh, th- I think this is how it went." Mm-hmm. So you can't even go off that. Um,
0: that's what a lot of those processes are to begin with, like, like even a skull or something yeah, like aging or something.
1: bones or like saying how old rocks are. Like those are just hypotheses; those are guesses by people who.
0: There is something to carbon dating. Um, I'll give them that. It's it's a interesting process. Although I think most of the time they're not very genuine with the results because there's been people that have, like they've made a a carbon something. So they've either synthesized or messed with a rock so that it has a specific uh, year associated with this carbon date so like they know this rock came from this time period yeah and then they'll send it in for carbon dating and it'll come back and be like oh yeah that's 25 million years old i was like no we just synthesized it in the the lab and then we send it over to you so it's like there's there's a lot of it that i think parts of it can be accurate but other bits definitely aren't and yeah. even if they think they're accurate i think their calculations are all based on the presupposition the Earth is billions of years old. Yeah. So, of course, yeah, you're... As soon as it starts decaying to a certain rate, you're going to think everything's a billion years old when you send it in. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: There's a lot of it is which is just presupposition and then they're basing all their scientists or science off of that. Yeah. For the future, which is wrong, I think. All science should be discovery-based. That's <laughs> not how it works. <laughs> and not though. guesswork.
1: People don't want to be proven wrong. Right. Especially, like, somebody went to college for a long time to get... Their, their doctrine in science and all that. Right. So.
0: Well, and shoot, like, even incidents like, uh, have you ever heard of Dinosaur Valley in Texas? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Mm. yeah. I've been there.
0: So it's like, with that, there was a whole debacle at the beginning, because for years, the scientific community, and the, it was the atheist and evolutionary theory, uh, they stated as fact that the dinosaur era was you know, It was during a pre-era, and yeah. once they all got killed off and certain situations happened for the Earth to become livable again, then humans evolved. Well, the whole debacle with that is that they found in Dinosaur Valley, dinosaur footprints right next to human, human. footprints in the rock. So it's, it's yeah. not like it was at different times. It was together. Yeah. And the scientists who discovered it went and chiseled out all of the toes of the human footprints so that it would look like some you know two-legged... Reptile, yeah, yeah, something different. Uh, he did it in the night so no one would notice. And then shortly after that, a big storm washed through and it changed the position of the river. And there were more dinosaur and human footprints discovered side by side. And then other people discovered that. Yeah. And so they couldn't hide it anymore. But if, if the scientific community is willing to obscure evidence in order to preserve a long-lasting theory, I mean, that had been around for decades... Yeah. They they couldn't have coexisted because the dinosaurs were obviously yeah. killed by something. Uh, that makes me distrust all of their findings on the proof of evolution. I wouldn't
1: I wouldn't trust most scientists. No, like, I was like
0: I'll trust them, but in situations like that, where you're talking about the origins of human life, like I'm not going to trust them one bit if the community is going to do stuff like that. Because yeah. like
1: people who like scientists. You know, they probably already have. You know, their thought process their opinion on what they think happened, so by the time they get out there yeah. they're just trying to prove more and more their um belief. Yeah. Even if it even they so if they find something that disproves it, they're probably gonna hide it or twist it or whatever they can to the right. better make make their theory look better. Yeah. So
0: I won't say that uh the biblical scholars are against that or you Everybody know, wouldn't it. do that too, but yeah. I'd like to feel like they're a little bit more honest. We'll never know. <laughs> I think the biggest single problem that a lot of uh, theologians and, and biblical scientists will make, or like the biggest problem they'll make, is that they, they're not presuppositionalists. Like all regular scientists are presuppositionalists, which means that what is set out as scientific doctrine, you know, the things that have come before them, all the, the theories and everything, they treat as fact. Um, and then when it comes to the biblical scholars... They feel like they have to fight the scientists on the scientist's ground. So they kind of throw out the Bible, and then they try and find scientific evidence, which there's plenty to support creation. But I feel like if the scientists are going to hold to their religion, which is science in this case, yeah. then the Christians ought to hold to their, their religion, Christianity, and the sanctity of the Bible, and its factual nature, just as hard. Like, they they got to hold to both. Yeah. But they, they'll forget about the Bible— and then they'll just go and try and fight in the scientist corner. And the scientists have either been creating evidence or they've been, uh, you know, they've got some solid evidence to the to the age of the earth being super, super long. Yeah. I'll give them that. We really don't know how old the age of the earth is. Yeah, that's true. Because that's not explicitly stated in the Bible. We know how old humans are, but not the earth itself, not the universe. Yeah. It could have been billions and billions of years. I don't care because it doesn't matter but the age of humans is very explicitly laid out and i think that's kind of very important to note because it's like the the universe in its beauty and its scope and its size and you know just how awesome and amazing it is is not the focus of the bible even though it's you know the beauty found in the universe far at least to our eyes it, it far outpaces what we would call human beauty yeah um, but the focus of Genesis is all on the creation of humans, which is, you know, God created us last. That was the greatest pinnacle of his creation. And after he created us, he stopped. He was like, okay, this is done. Yeah. Um, which I find very fascinating. Yeah. But science, you know, yeah. says the, the world and the universe is everything. But the Bible says, well, no, humans were everything. It was We were created in the image of God, and we were ultimately Built pretty much like mirrors to reflect the glory of God, sort of like the the relationship between the sun and the moon. You know, the sun and all of its brilliance, the moon reflects the light of the sun. Um, yeah, that kind of thing. If you start looking for patterns in in nature, you'll see them of, of the relationship we have to God, or at least what we were supposed to have <laughs> at the beginning. Yeah, we changed a little bit.
1: Not really that common anymore. <laughs> especially with like all the hate that goes around now Damn.
0: But. oh and, and shoot something I learned the other day which was mind blowing there's, there's a billion things in the bible which are mind blowing when you finally learn about them but I was listening to somebody speak once and it was a, a religious topic a lecture and they were talking about Christ as the new and better Adam in fact I think we sing a, a hymn at church from time to time that talks about that very same thing I got to thinking about it. Well, okay. So if Christ is the new and better Adam, and all the time in the Bible, the church is referred to as Christ's bride, that would make the church, the collective, all Christians throughout history, that would make Christians the new and better Eve, essentially. And that's a very interesting point to make, especially if you go back to the beginning in genesis which i believe is a completely literal account of what happened but how was eve created
1: by adam so yeah it, yeah, it took it a rib out of adam reference
0: and put it in As made I... eve out of it so with yeah. christ for the longest time i was thinking well, what what could the rib be you know, it's probably it is a little piece of christ it's the you know the christ that lives in each one of us could be a reference either to the the holy spirit or christ himself but it was like that that's a direct symbol to what Christ is to the church like oh <laughs> I don't know that that surprised me oh, in yeah. a way because um, I just I'd never seen that before it's, it's a very interesting point to make and I think there's a lot more of that symbolism sprinkled throughout the Bible that I just haven't seen yet yeah I mean yeah there's
1: definitely a lot of stuff in the Bible <laughs> yeah <laughs> that you miss a lot uh.
0: but it's something that I need to revisit, especially I, I need to read through the Bible again. Um, but Christ on the road to Emmaus with the two disciples, so it's when he was disguised right after being resurrected, and he was walking with the two disciples, and they were all bemoaning the fact, like, ah, man, our, our, uh, our leader, he, he was just crucified, and this is terrible and everything, and Christ talked to him and talked to him about Scripture. Uh, pretty much what the, the point he was trying to drive home was that all of Scripture points... Christ in some way or another and it's it's kind of a weird thing because you look at most of Old Testament and it doesn't necessarily seem to make that connection until you start looking way way deeper like the symbolism and things like you know Christ was not only the new and better Adam but he was also the new and better King David he was also the new and better Moses he was the new and better uh, you know name one of the greats from the Old Testament yeah he he was a better representation and he fulfilled everything perfectly in that situation.
1: Yeah.
0: It's so I think he was absolutely correct. I mean, when he says something it's true, but I haven't gone and looked hard enough for all of the references that point forward to Christ. Yeah. And certainly in the, the New Testament everything points back towards Christ or towards the, the second coming. So it's It's very true. Everything in the Bible does point to Christ.
1: Yeah. No, that's true. I believe that.
0: So, when is the second coming? That's a good question. I'm just kidding. We don't know that. (laughs) Well, let's calculate. but Yeah, we can't know. Not even Christ himself knew.
1: I still think that's, like, at my time, at least.
0: I don't know. And we can't really know. We're supposed to always be ready. Because, shoot, the things we've been seeing... At least, so far as Bible prophecy is concerned, are things that are happening right before He comes back. Uh, you know, everybody wants to set up the, you know, oh, we gotta, we gotta wait for the second temple, or the it will be the third temple to be built, and then we have to wait for the desecration of the temple, and then you know these certain things. But uh, recent historical studies, and Pastor Bill talked about this in church once, um, kind of point to the fact that the desecration of the temple has already happened. Uh, were you there on that Sunday they talked about that?
1: Probably not. I don't think so.
0: Because, gosh, what was it? Was it Mark chapter 13 where Christ talks about the events leading up to the end times? And one of the things he talks about in great detail is kind of the desecration of the the temple. And he talks about how it'll be, uh, that they should be praying that, that that time doesn't come in winter and that how... Uh, it'll be a terrible time for for mothers who are nursing or or who are pregnant and that like, when you see these signs you should just immediately go into the mountains like don't even go back to your house to get a spare cloak or don't don't even come out from the fields just go to the mountains and Pastor Bill was talking about the fact that that actually happened shortly after Christ's death and resurrection um, in a sense because there was a siege of Jerusalem And he laid it out. He said, like, these were all the events that happened during that siege, and they lined up perfectly with all the things Christ said was going to happen. Yeah. And keep in mind, everybody says, oh, all of these things have to happen, and then immediately after, Christ is going to return. It's like, that's not what's represented in the original text. It really says all these things are going to happen, and then at a later date after these things, then yeah. Christ will return. So it doesn't give like a hard and fast. He's going to come a hundred days after the end of these. Yeah, things. Yeah, that's what
1: I think. It's like any time after.
0: But it's like, oh, that's that makes a lot of sense because yeah, you know, on the uh, the fleeing to the mountains, the early Christians were watching and waiting for those signs, and the the thing was the the Romans. Sieged Jerusalem, so the Christians were going, Okay, this is going to be a really bad thing, and so they all fled and Jerusalem was a super protected city i mean you you could not assail it, they could have hit it with siege works for years, and they would have never busted through the walls uh It was very defensible; they had their own water supply, and they had stored up grain for years and years and years, so it's like they they were going to be safe for you know, four or five years easy without having to ration. You know? mm-hmm. Uh, But at the time, the Jews were very notorious for infighting, and they got into a squabble. So there were various facets of the Jewish society that were warring inside the city while they were being attacked from outside. And in a freak accident, they burned down their own food supply. Mm -hmm. And so now all of a sudden they were starving, and there were many reports of of women who had to eat their own children in order to not starve to death. I think that was the... um, you know what Christ was saying, like, woe to mothers and and you know pregnant women at this time. It's like, okay, yeah, that would uh, that would be bad. He also said it was it would be like the worst that humans would have suffered from any of any time past and any time future. Like that was the height of human suffering on earth. Like, oh yeah, that's not good. But I don't think he was referring to Armageddon there. Yeah, that was just those sequence of events. And then the next chapter. He talks, and it's very short. Very short. What he talks about in the next one, but I believe that's when he, he gives the few hazy events that kind of have to transpire directly preceding his return, yeah. which is rumors of wars and, and famine and pestilence. There
1: aren't any. Are there? There aren't really any rumors of war at the moment, are there?
0: Well, we, you have to you have to look at it in. But a I guess it, you know. Scope. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But there there's are, there's always been there? a war going on. There's never been a time of like war. Even East.
1: other places, I haven't really heard much about any wars
0: currently. There's there's several. I'd, I'd have or, to look them up. But there's, especially in the Middle East area. I mean, shoot, Israel's in the middle of a war right now. Are it's, they? It's, it's sort of like a that. Cold War, but they've been bombarded daily for, uh, gosh, it's been probably several years. They've got their uh, their global missile defense system where it shoots missiles out of the air before they hit Israel. I was like, that's been going on for a long time. So right. that's technically war right there. And you've got always you got the, the African wars, um, yeah. Or you got the, what the, the the Tutsis and the the other group,
1: Turkish. I don't know. Yeah,
0: I, I can't remember. Yeah. My my current history is a little fuzzy. Yeah. I don't, yeah but yeah, everything. there's there's always been at least one war going on okay. since the time of Christ, and often many many wars. You've had pestilence. You've had uh, you guys all those locusts that came down in Africa recently, where they were destroyed. When water. was that? That was
1: that was last I mean, year, wasn't it? Was it really? Mm-hmm. I that was a before. while back. Huh. Uh,
0: you know, we've had COVID. I don't think it was nearly as deadly as everyone says, oh, no. but that, that would count as wasn't... a global pandemic. Yeah. Uh, there's been yeah. earthquakes, natural disasters. That's another of, of the signs. But then again, it's like that's always happened though, yeah. especially natural disasters are every year. Yeah, but multiple. See, there again, across like the that world. stuff's going to happen before the end. So yeah, it's so like it's, you look at that, you can't say he's coming next year. Yeah, but it's it's a proceeding. In fact, Christ said those were the birth pains. So it's like that stuff was happening from the very minute he, he gave those proclamations. Like that stuff had to happen from the moment he rose into heaven until the time he comes back. Yeah. So that, that's proof right there. It's, <laughs> stuff's happening. Yeah, stuff's always happening, dude. I don't know, man. But the whole thing about Christians, uh, the early church understood Revelation was not a book written for some future generation. It was written for whichever generation happened to be.
1: In the time. Yeah, yeah.
0: and that could have been their generation or, you know, in our case, 2,000 years later. Yeah. Nobody knew, but we're always supposed to look forward to that event and really, really hope it comes soon.
1: Supposed to be prepared. Everything will get fixed. Prepare for the... No, wait. What is it? Prepare for... No, wait. Ex, is it expect
0: the best? Uh, or...
1: Prepare hope hope for, for the best. Hope for the best and prepare, prepare for the for worst. The worst. Yeah. yeah. Matthew said that. I, mm-hmm. I, couldn't, I couldn't pick it up. Because I don't wise use... wise
0: words to live by. Yeah? I don't or you use could just go to the Boy Scout motto, be prepared.
1: Yeah, <coughs> I mean, yeah. Be, pre- be prepared for everything. <laughs> you should be prepared.
0: Yeah. But that's... The the imminence of Christ's return is why people cannot wait. If there's, you know, something that they're struggling with sin wise, you know, like don't wait on on asking for repentance because he could come at literally any second. All of those things that I talked about, the pestilence and the war, and that's been happening since he spoke those words. Um so in terms of when, it really could be at any second. There's it's just yeah. as likely now as it was two thousand years ago and I, I know I've used this illustration on the podcast before and it's one that C.S. Lewis gave um, but talking about the imminence of Christ is not necessarily something close in terms of time but close as, as in terms of physical distance
1: yeah, you where brought it's like
0: up. you're on one side of a door, and there's the door and then Christ is on the other side with his hand on the doorknob and it's like you don't know when he's going to come through the door but it could literally be at any time you just turn the doorknob and he's here um and that's kind of the impression we're supposed to get. So it's yeah. like act as if he's sitting there watching you through the people. He's he's waiting. He's, he's gonna wait for the God to tell him, Okay, go get your bride.
1: Yeah. Are you Are you like what are you? So I know you told me this before I can't remember. Are you like pre trib? Mm. Post trib? I mean know there's a, there's another good one. I forgot West what you tri- call
0: the other one. Good question. Yeah, it's it's pre trib, mid trib, and mid-trib. Post-trib. That, that's what I forgot.
1: Or are you just gonna um, I haven't really thought about that much. It's frankly it doesn't matter to me, but you know, yeah. it's, good it, to, it's good it to think about it in the end anyway. Yeah,
0: because uh, God's gonna give strength to to all of His peeps anyway. Yeah, <laughs> but when I was young, I hardcore believed pre-trib, like without a shadow of a doubt, uh, and I think that's because of what I was taught. You know, it yeah. had to be pre-trib, and there's there's solid arguments for it. Um, if it comes down to brass tacks, at least so far as what I've learned so far, and as far as what I've read in the Bible so far, I I would be kind of in the camp of post-trib. Okay now it's that's dangerous territory because again it's it's not something that really concerns salvation oh no, yeah uh, if you're saved you're saved, so going through tribulation or not it's not going to make any difference god's going to yeah, keep you safe, yeah, but in terms of like okay the the what's spoken about in revelation, which is the, probably the most information we have about the end times and the the seven years tribulation, it talks about the The people who are marked with the seal of god on their forehead and they're the people who are spared from all of the the bad stuff so like the locusts that come and torture people for months and months they don't attack the people who have the seal of god on their forehead and if you if you read it as one that that has not you know been indoctrinated into thinking something like you just read it for what it says it really doesn't appear that there is a you know a bodily tribulation that happens or a a bodily resurrection of all of the christians that happens before the tribulation because if there was then you've got this this hanging issue over here which is the the people who have the seal of god on their foreheads it's like okay so is god going to deliver the bulk of the church but then leave some or are those going to be people who get saved after the the resurrection of all the saints you know what's going on there um that's kind of in a passage that has to sort of be, be taken symbolically because it talks about a hard number of 244,000 that are marked with the, the symbol of God. I would say that's not a hard and fast number. So there's not going to, cause it, it talks about other things that can't possibly be literally true. Like it talks 244,000 virgins who have never sinned in their life. It's like, that I, I don't that's I don't think you're gonna find that. I've I've heard. Is, is, is that about... a reference to like,
1: like they're born in sin but they haven't sinned? sin? Kind of like how Jesus did. Like he was born in sin, but he never well, actually. He was born sinned. in the flesh. Yeah, he, he was born in the flesh, sinned. which made him which made him imperfect. But he was never born but by he... a
0: father other than God the Father. Yeah, and if but he never actually he never actually sinned. Father.
1: Yeah, unless you consider him taking when he died on the cross taking all the sin as a sin. I don't know. <laughs> But yeah, you know, that he never, yeah. yeah. He who knew so no it, is, sin. Maybe, maybe that verse sin. is kind of like that. I I've that's, heard that's commentaries on say. what that means, and nobody really knows. When you yeah, start
0: yeah. talking about Revelation, there's a lot of things that are odd about it. Just by the context, I think it's understood that the two hundred forty-four thousand represents the church collectively, and the whole fact that they were virgins and didn't or didn't have any sin. I can't remember the exact wording. Of what it said, but it that's was fine. that effect. Yeah, you know, they were. I think that's a reference to the fact that Christ so, has already paid for their sins. So, okay. at least in terms of how they look to God, they're blameless. Sense. Okay, you know, they're, their robes have been washed white in the blood of the Lamb. Um, so I think that's what that means. And then the two hundred forty-four thousand, I've heard that explained as that was a number that nobody could have comprehended in biblical times. Like, you get a, a group of ten thousand people together, and already that's like mind blowing. In in the modern world, you yeah. know, you got football games that there's fifty, yeah. sixty thousand people attending.
1: There are millions of people who watch the the Super Bowl yeah. and FIFA so and all that. We
0: we think in terms of millions as a pretty big number. Yeah, you got YouTube videos that get millions of views yeah. and that's that's crazy, but we're we're used to it. Back in biblical times, shoot, if you had anything over ten thousand people, that's a lot of people. Yeah. And so two hundred and forty four, it's symbolic in the fact that it's a multiplication of 12 times 12. Did I say 244? It's supposed to be you, 144. You said 244. Yeah, so It's 144,000. 144, okay. But it's a multiplication of 12 times 12, which 12 is a very symbolic number. It represents like 12 completion. 12 yeah, yeah. 12. So 12 would be the complete number of disciples. you got 12, the tribes of Israel, the completeness of God's people. So you got completeness times completeness times a thousand, which would have been a massive number. Yeah. Uh, but at least so far as I've come across, that's probably the best explanation I've found. Is that, okay. that represents all of God's people, and they'll be marked on their foreheads. Again, we don't know if that's literal or not, but they'll be marked in such a way that when all of the pestilence and war and death comes during the tribulation, you can tell a difference. Then you should be able to tell it. Most of that, if not all of that, will pass over. Yeah. But true christians uh, and then in terms of like being persecuted to death that stuff's going to happen but we shouldn't have to fear that so much because we already have from christ's own mouth that yeah. we'll, we'll be given things to say in those times and if they arrest us and stuff we'll just be counted towards that, that
1: us. still happens today but no yeah
0: so it's like it, you know i i personally think at the moment that It'll probably be like a post-trib. Okay. But then I mean, I, it really won't matter that much.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've never really thought about it. I don't, I don't know. I don't have an opinion on it yet. Maybe I will.
0: You gotta look but, into it. I think it's it's yeah. an interesting study.
1: I, I used to, as a kid, I used to watch those... You know, those, like, those... I don't want to say cheap, but those, like, you know, um, those films about the end times.
0: Left Behind series?
1: They were... I yeah. did. See, I did see the Left Behind series. Good. I did see those, but they had other ones that were specifically... Mm-hmm. And they had certain actors I, I can't name off the bat, but... They, were like off. they weren't, like, big-name titles or <laughs> <They're> anything. <opera. laughs> well, because they're Christian movies, yeah, yeah. and they're not... Left Behind was probably the biggest but, of those. Yeah, Left Behind was definitely one of the biggest. Mm-hmm. And then you had the whole... Um, what was that church? So there was that church that did... Um, Kirk, remember Kirk Cameron? Mm-hmm. You know that guy? He right. was in uh, Fireproof. They had the Courageous. It was that church that started making Christian films, yeah. too. Yeah. But, no, there were these... There were a few different films, and they... they Um, they started like a a trilogy on the end times. So it was similar to left behind. Like the first one takes place when everybody disappears, how that starts and you have the middle of it. And then you have the final ending, Mm -hmm. all this, but you know, I watched those as kids. I watched those kind of as teens. I haven't seen those in forever, but just thinking about it, like obviously it's obviously not going to be a good time, you know, Right? or it may look good, obviously, but you'll get to a point where you realize it's not that fun, but just personally, I would love to experience it because I would love to see how I would handle being tested. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm. But, no, I get that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I would be there, but... <laughs>
0: it's like, I, I get to watch myself be tested. This is great. That would...
1: I really would love that, to be tested like that, frankly. Like, you know, like, <laughs> denounce go. God or you die, you know. It's like, I ain't doing that. They had all sorts of... Um, Illustrations in the films on how, you know, Lucifer killed you when you didn't denounce God. Mm-hmm. You know, one of them was like when you—I don't know what that thing is—but you put your head in the yeah. hole and they dropped the the
0: big yeah a guillotine. A guillotine. That's what. Yeah.
1: They had all I sorts. Think of... I saw
0: that same thing. It, it's if from it was very specific. Behind, movie.
1: It wasn't a left behind movie, but I remember else. the movie. I I know the actor. I had to look at the actor, then I could look at his films. But yeah.
0: Yeah, I remember no, that I because like, they they would like they'd try and talk you into uh,
1: into and they would and there was they, one where they had like virtual reality mm-hmm, yeah and you would get to see God but it was like Lucifer and then it's like oh it's where you would get the mark of
0: the beast yeah yeah I, I remember it's where that. you would get tested it was very interesting but I think I think it's gonna be a situation like those are interesting thoughts that they brought up in the movies and yeah. we don't know what that's gonna be like yeah but I think it's gonna be a situation that if you're a a Bible-reading, uh, God-fearing Christian... get picked off pretty when, early. I think unless you're everything's going to be super apparent. To yeah. everybody else, it's going to be like, oh, yeah, this, this sounds like a great idea. I don't see how this could possibly go wrong. But to Christians, they'll be like, look, can you not see? This is obviously the mark of the beast, or this is obviously this. Yeah. And I'm not talking just about conspiracy theorists. I think all Christians everywhere, regardless of denomination, will be very keen to go, this this is this, and it will yeah. be obvious
1: yeah i definitely you know like think about like the mark of the beast you know people were talking about you know the whole elon musk put a chip in your brain and all that people were yeah. talking about that like i just i always am curious like how what will that be you know what i mean like will it be like a brand on your arm or something you know you don't know what it is but or is it some type of chip in your brain where they could track you and
0: yeah i don't know see your
1: every movement so then they kill you if you go to the church <laughs> you know
0: yeah, and and since but. we don't know exactly what in Revelation is literal and what is to be taken symbolically, because anything that's taken symbolically and that is prophecy, anything prophetic like that represents something real. It's just it's not always exactly in the way it was given. I know I brought that up millions of times too, but it's like yeah, it talks yeah. about these sea monsters rising out of the ocean and one will you know kill the other and then this thing will happen and it's it's all very fantastic. That is all representative of real stuff that's going to happen, whether it's world leaders rising up or this or that. But in order to go, this is a fully literal account of what's going to happen. And then you have to believe, okay, giant sea monsters are going to rise up and fight and Godzilla. And... I'm waiting. Like that's, I don't <laughs> think that's what's going to happen. Because you have yeah. similar accounts of other prophetic things that have already transpired. Same as you know, Christ's death and resurrection. That was all prophesied in the Old Testament multiple different times in different ways and when it actually panned out there you go it, it it wasn't uh exactly how they prophesied it even though the representation was accurate yeah same with um daniel's or it was nebuchadnezzar's dream but it was daniel's uh what do you call it <laughs> his translation of the dream okay. where he had the statue of the different elements had the yeah. head of gold and the shoulders of silver and the belly of bronze and, and like, the lower legs of yeah, copper and then clay. It was like how—you know, that was representative of different kingdoms, all that were going to be coming after Nebuchadnezzar. But it wasn't a literal statue. Yeah. But Nebuchadnezzar sort of thought it was. That's why, immediately following that dream, he went and built himself a giant statue out of pure gold. But he he was kind of jumping the gun a little bit, you know.
1: Everybody's crazy.
0: Yeah, yeah, we all are (laughs) in our own special way.
1: In our own special (laughs) way. He's just calling me stupid.
0: It's okay. (laughs) It's okay to be dumb. I'm definitely there. (laughs) Oh gosh. But yeah, dude, I like Thomas is awesome. But it's sad that so many people get like really stirred up over, especially Revelation over just little things in there. It's like, we, we don't really know. I've never met anybody who gets like, really, like, There's, there's a lot of them out there about that, the like,
1: whole Revelation stuff.
0: Again, it's you know, I think it's the devil working his way in there and going, like, you have to believe this over this, or else, you know, that yeah. other person's not really saved if they don't believe this. Yeah. She, you know, my own father, when he first got saved, the person that had talked to him and, and worked with him, and which finally led to my dad's salvation, uh, he came back after a while to check up on him, see how he was doing. And my, da- uh, my, my dad had obviously grown quite a bit. Yeah, uh, He'd been reading his Bible and going to church, and he, he was really fired up about Christ. And the guy came back and said, oh, good, good, it's good to hear about all this stuff. How, well, how how soon did you start speaking in tongues? My dad was like, oh, what did you say? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> He's like, yeah, speaking in tongues, That's that's one of the... The proofs that you're a true christian because if you're not speaking in tongues you're not really Bro, a true, I will never, real christian i will never speak in tongues i, was like, I haven't either
1: 100 percent.
0: but it was like that yeah. was an immediate red flag because like even though the guy had led to my dad's salvation it's he had presuppositions for things yeah. there's nowhere in scripture that says you have to speak in tongues to be a real christian but there are little sects out there that for, firmly believe that they will have a time set aside in their church service where everybody speaks in tongues and it's just like blah, 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 blah.
1: I would just love to be there for that <laughs> moment. You know what I
0: mean? There's like there's two different ways tongues are described in the Bible. One is the right after the uh, the disciples receive the Holy Spirit and they're talking normally, but everybody from the different regions can understand, understand them. It. Okay, and it's like whoa, what's going on? And then the other way that's referred to in tongues is how Paul describes it, where it's like nobody can understand them, and you have to have a tongues translator. You which can't. is sort of like you're speaking a, an angelic language. Could you even have a
1: tongues translator? You know what I mean? That, I, don't, I don't think that's a real thing.
0: In, in At least in terms of the early church, that was one of the spiritual gifts. So you might have the spiritual gift you of could. tongues, and you might yeah. have somebody who uh, had the spiritual gifts of translating the tongues, uh, just like you had like prophets in the early church. And so it was that kind of thing. Yeah, But in terms of, everybody speaking in tongues, that's referred to as the least of the gifts. You might be have been given something even greater. Yeah. Like, we don't know. Nor do we have a full, complete list of all the gifts that you could possibly receive. I, think I would say there's probably not a limit. Probably not. Probably yeah. We know for certain, when you become a Christian, or when you receive the Holy Spirit, it's like you get a spiritual gift. But, it's not something like it flashes up in your vision like this is your new spiritual gift. It's like it's something you gotta power. work out for yourself. Yeah, It becomes apparent when you start using it. You just don't know it. Yeah. I, uh-huh. I don't think mine is tongues.
1: <laughs> now, t- t- don't look at me, no. Right. Definitely not me. I've never spoke. I, do, I, like, I don't even know other languages. Let alone, I could never do tongues. Right.
0: Like, but, I don't know. Well, for, for the longest time I denied that well, it was well, Like possible. the tongues that people were talking about, you know, the, the little blab- blabbering was real biblical tongues but after reading what Paul has to say about it, it's like it could be. It, it could be absolutely correct but I doubt a whole congregation would yeah, that's kinda... actually speak in tongues and even if it was, that was not how Paul said that they should go about using tongues in a service. He said if somebody is going to speak in tongues in a service, let one or two people speak in tongues and let it immediately be translated afterwards so that there is no wonder Confusion, about what it is yeah but he he specifically called that out when he and again it's one of his letters to the early churches but he calls that out saying like if people do this a lot and on a regular basis whoever comes into the church is going to think we're just blabbering idiots so it's like if you're going to do it have somebody speak in tongues have somebody translate it immediately okay. and just do okay. one or two a service because it's like it's too much like oh no, that, yeah, I
1: would definitely be kind of yeah, weirded out. These guys out.
0: have like a full fifteen minutes devoted to just. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, yeah, that's true. I would definitely. I mean, even I would be weirded out if I walked oh, in and God. they were just blabbering on something. I one didn't of those folks
0: might might actually be speaking. Oh yeah,
1: one hundred percent. I believe uh-huh. that. But you know, that's probably one of those like I don't want to say rare gifts, mm-hmm. but incredibly uncommon.
0: Certainly in the modern era, there's probably Definitely somebody the out there that really does have that gift. I think there are a few people, even now, who could do that, but... Same as, I think there's probably some real prophets. Uh, but then again, it's like, yeah, we know that there were some real prophets in the early church. But even at that time, there were people that were going around as false prophets. And how they said, you've you got to check what they say. And if, they, if you check what they say and it's correct then you can start trusting what they say in terms of prophecy whereas we don't do that anymore there's a you know a hundred successful authors out there that have written about end times stuff yeah like 88 reasons why uh the second coming will be in 1988. <laughs> that person is, that a book? is yes and they, they were like a self-claimed book. prophet <laughs> and that they're still ministering today they weren't completely shut down by the church what i think they wrote another one like 89 reasons why it'll be in 1989 or something bro you gotta chill man (laughs) it's it's that kind of thing it's like if somebody claims to be a prophet you go okay you might be let's watch what you say and if it comes true then we know that what you're saying is actually from god but in that instance that wasn't the case and yet they weren't shut down
1: i mean i don't think anybody i'm pretty sure nobody would ever know the end times they won't it should have been shut down immediately unless it just happens and you're there which would make sense but you know, Nobody See, knows beforehand yeah, the time. There's a,
0: there's a difference between guessing and knowing. You can probably guess it. Well, I, I don't even think you could. I, mean, I don't know if you on could. A, on you a coincidence, yeah, you might, but there's not enough evidence at yeah, like all. Yeah,
1: they'll talk about like 2012 being the end.
0: Yeah, it's that kind of stuff. Yeah, but people, yeah. they knew it was going to be. I was like, yeah, no, I there's no way that, you can actually I didn't know
1: those books were a thing. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. oh, and
0: there's, there's dozens of those people out there. <sighs>
1: and they're no, I'm sure there are there are always people who are like yeah the end times are near this or that
0: and it's it's frustrating to see them because they're leading a lot of people into that kind of mentality or they, they follow them and they listen to everything they're gonna say it's people that are really looking forward to the end that's not a bad thing but to, to trust your entire you know being to this person that's claiming something that's obviously false yeah that's a problem
1: yeah that's that's weird I didn't even
0: know about that yeah so I was like you gotta approach prophecy with maybe a pinch of salt. It's, you know that prophecy is real. I'm, I'm not talking about individual prophets now. I'm talking about biblical prophecy yeah. that, that's been in the book for a long time. You gotta approach that with with some wisdom. And even then, you you can't suss out what's what's actually gonna happen until it actually does happen. Yeah. Then everything lines up perfectly. That's why you know. The Pharisees and the uh, the people during Christ's life, they could not possibly put the pieces together that went, okay, Jesus Christ here, we know he's the Messiah, but all the prophecies that were directly referencing the Messiah said Christ was going to come and he was going to establish his kingdom and he was going to raise up Israel again like it was in the old days. That's what the prophecies said about it. Now, there were two other individuals that had been prophesied about, the suffering servant and the son of man, um, that had two different roles. All three, son of God, which is the Messiah, the son of man and the suffering servant. In hindsight, we all know those all, we're talking about Christ. But at the time, people were only looking at the prophecies about the Messiah. That's why everybody was so gung-ho about saying, you know, Christ's the king. He's, they were thinking he's the military guy He's going to come and knock the, the Romans out of, uh, Jerusalem and he's going to set Israel back on its rightful place as God's kingdom. Um, that's why when Christ came and he was talking about stuff like I've got to die they're like what the heck does that mean? They couldn't They couldn't fathom even though that had been prophesied about they didn't stick two and two together that Christ is Messiah, son of man and also the suffering servant who had to die to take away the sins of the world. Yeah, And therein lies why we shouldn't be writing books about when the end of the world is or about all these things going to happen because we don't know and we won't know until it's all happened so yeah (laughs) it's true the whole point of revelation i think is to look and go okay christ himself said all this stuff is going to happen whether it's a literal interpretation or not all this stuff is going to happen and it's going to be bad so prepare yourself it could happen at any moment you know, same with you know, all of the the natural disasters and everything. The proof has already been laid out, the evidence is there, it could happen. So work out your own salvation first so you're ready. That's the whole point of Revelation. And it's it's relevant now, same as it was when the church was first founded.
1: Yeah. Oh, I agree. So and like I said, I
0: tried to read some Revelation, I just I <laughs> couldn't do it. I think everybody should read those those letters to the seven churches at the very beginning because at least those are a little bit easier to understand <laughs> they're still chock full of symbolism and they were to individual churches at the time but I think they're also useful to the modern churches yeah um because it it really throws out a lot of hard hitting truths about people yeah
1: that's kind of why people don't like it Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah I don't like the bible in general mm-hmm if they're being honest. A lot of Yeah, because it, yeah, it goes against a lead. lot of what you believe, you know. Like yeah. All this gender and sexuality stuff.
0: Yeah, I, I have a feeling a lot of the people that are the biggest opponents of the Bible, they've never even touched one in their life, or if they do, they're probably going to look up the parts that they disagree with the most, but, well, go people, to them and read people
1: them. People always take Bible verses and we were talking about this last time, you know, about the little Nas X stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, people take Bible verses way out of context. And if you read one verse before, one verse after, it completely changes, expl- it. It changes everything. explains exactly what going on. And it, re- and it shows what you were using that verse for. If you had showed the whole thing, you're completely incorrect on in what it's saying. Mm-hmm. You're just not smart enough to, you know... We'll get into figure it, because that's even like what, what I was talking about those those um, six six shoes mm-hmm. where he had Luke ten eighteen on it. I was like, if you look at Luke ten nineteen after it, completely explains what eighteen is saying. <laughs> it changes, but the whole no, message. but no, we'll just stay on eighteen because it talks that's about Lucifer. <laughs> well, the, yeah,
0: no, the Bible is one one whole document, um, and you're absolutely right about taking what comes before and what comes after because context is extremely important. When you're trying to understand something for what it truly means, and th- that counts for everything, but it's especially true about the Bible. Yeah, and uh, you know, opponents of the Bible would say, "Well, no, no, you're just trying to protect yourself." And I was like, "No, you're you're not being genuine. If you really want to know what the Bible says about something, and you take something just one verse out, then that's easily manipulated." Yeah, you know, uh, and. The way to prove that to somebody is to have them do a news interview and just pick out two or three things that makes them look as bad as humanly possible and publish that. And it's like, it's the same thing. A news company can twist your words, even if you say something that's, you know, angelic and perfect and, and it, it has great reaching... Uh, oh, no, yeah. You know, it's, no, it's great about people, I, and then they can twist it so that you hate babies or something.
1: No, but I, I definitely think... But you that's know, the same thing. Yeah, you definitely... I think, though, like... You know, I don't know if any news stations have specifically quoted the Bible. They may have. I don't know. They do from time to time. They might have. It's, it's a lot of but, that
0: kind of stuff. You know, we'll if, you, it out of if
1: you, if I think if you take things out of context from a Bible where you specifically misquote it, even though it may, you know, like twist the words, even though you, it's right in front of you, but you're doing it to, to show something or to make you it know. look bad. You know, I think that's. You know, you're gonna p- pay dearly for that. You know what I mean? Well, that, that's even why I try not to. Right. And I don't have verses memorized, but you know uh, I have verses I've read and ones that I you know I specifically like. I even have some I want to get tattooed at some point because hmm. I really like them. But right. when I look back at it, and i will like, you know, I, you know, I'll be at work and I'll be thinking about stuff, and I'll be thinking about, oh, this goes back to this specific Bible, Bible verse, and I'll try and remember exactly what it said. And it's like something's wrong. I'm not saying the right. Like I don't know if I'm at actually remembering the right thing or not. But yeah, right. No. It's.
0: That's something that's interesting. It's, it's important to re, uh, to know. It doesn't really matter whether you have a, a verse completely memorized. I think it's great. People that, that I don't. When well, they try yeah, and you don't got to be oh, saved fantastic.
1: in grace or anything. You, you don't have to memorize Bible yeah, verses. Like, that's not going to. I think the that's salvation. also kind of like a gift in itself.
0: It can be. Because like me, I I cannot quote a full verse to you. I, I, I think you could snippets. pick.
1: You pick up on a lot of verses though. There's a lot of verse. I'm not saying you memorize the entire Bible, but
0: I mean like the, the important specific. snippets I'll remember just because I've I've read them and they stick out to me, but in terms of like if you said, okay, tell me this verse, especially when it comes to like actual um the verse it is, so I could yeah, I could quote you half a dozen little snippets here and there, but I have no clue where it comes from. I might okay. go, okay, Paul said that, but he's got like ten letters, yeah, which one was it in that's I say that all the time I don't know which letter this came from, but oh, yeah. he talks about x um so it's like the, the most important thing is that you have read the Bible, and you absorb the information more than you know. And so, you know, you might be in a conversation with somebody who's not saved, and that information will come back to you. It doesn't mean you can't use that information if you can't quote it directly. But you can say, well, there's a passage in the Bible that you understand, talks, I think talks, if
1: you understand the meaning, you yeah. don't even have to specifically quote it. All right, and that's You'll say, this verse, or there's this verse. And, yeah specifically says stuff and then like if this. it's
0: really that big of a deal you can always you know look it up first it says something about this yeah but if you yeah if you know the basic premise then you can use it in in your debates or talks with people yeah um but just having read the bible in the first place is the first step and when it talks about hiding god's word in your heart there might be an element of memorization to that um but i think also it is just reading it and the, Absorbing its truth, yeah, and also meditating on the word. And when I say meditation, I don't mean like the um oh, sit in a corner and try and empty your mind thing. Christian meditation is thinking about it all the time. Even yeah. King David talks about, you know, he, he dwells on God's law day and night. That's kind of what we're commanded to do—to be thinking about the things of God and read, and then whatever you've read in the Bible to start thinking about that and how does that apply to my life and you start trying to plug because all scripture all scripture is relevant to us, I think. There's some that doesn't seem as relevant. But yeah. I think in its context it probably is. If it's not something we need to directly change, it's something we might need for somebody else. Yeah, and yeah, doing as we're supposed to, hiding God's word in our heart, reading and then Thinking about it all the time, I think it'll it'll start to come quicker to the tongue. Whether it's snippets like I've got, and see, then again, I haven't read a lot of my Bible recently, so like I'm starting either, to man. lose those snippets. Me either. I think that that's probably something that's given by God if you do what you're supposed to. <laughs> yeah. And you that, better, Yeah. I would stand by that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's just
1: I think I think yeah, you definitely have the ability to. I think, I would say easily memorize verses.
0: I don't. I wouldn't you, say easily. Easy, but, but it goes with anything. If you but, watch something, then certain bits are going to stick out to you. Yeah. So if you wanted to describe that to somebody, you'd probably go and reach for those bits that stuck out. But if I told you, okay, you know, give me the entire plot of this movie, uh, I doubt you could give me a blow by blow of everything that happened in the movie, or even I mean, quote full scenes full. Yeah. Unless you'd memorized it, if you'd gone through and, and watched it a billion times, you could do it. Yeah, If you read the Bible a billion times I think you could probably quote large swaths of it so I think that's kind of what we're talking about here
1: Yeah, I mean Yeah, there there are definitely verses I've seen that definitely stand out Some, there was, I, I don't even remember, I think it's in Proverbs Or something, but it's specifically It's a very specific verse I have saved in my phone And it talks about justice I, You know, I'm a Like honesty and all that and, I, and it talks about justice being very valuable And I have that saved and that's one I want tattooed And then you got I think it was in Romans. It's, I think it's the first chapter of Romans something. Maybe it was like 27 or something. It's was talking about like, you know, um, you will not given. given... I, I can't exactly quote it, but it's like, you know, it's talking about like homosexuality and all this. And it's talking about like, you will not be granted access into the kingdom of God if uh, you do adultery, uh, you have idols, homosexuality, and it, like, multiple things, right? But I can't exactly tell you what verse or whatever that is. Or even quote it specifically.
0: You got the gist of it? Yeah. That's really, for the purposes of talking to people, that's really what matters. Will it be more (laughs) impressive to them if you just like laser beam out the whole passage and its context? Probably. Yeah, would. And then again, will that convince them anymore? Because if they don't believe the Bible or where you're arguing from, then that won't make much of a difference anyway. Yeah, I
1: guess. Oh, that should be. Just interesting. there's,
0: There's a lot of people that, when they're talking to people, they'll set aside the Bible to talk about issues. And that's what I was going back against uh, earlier. It's like, I, I'm a Bible presuppositionalist. So if I'm going to talk to somebody about issues of God, I'm going to talk as if the Bible is true. And if they don't believe the Bible is true, well, tough luck. I believe science is true, which is where they're arguing from. So, you know, somebody's going to set their stuff aside, and they're not willing to, and I'm not willing to. But that that yeah, lets yeah. you be evenly balanced, essentially, because the second you set aside your your document of truth, you're disadvantaged, and so they could beat you up with all of their scientific facts, even though, again, I don't think all of them are so scientific as they think, or yeah. factual as they think.
1: Yeah. But that's that's just how it rolls now. So we should probably end it. Okay. That's yeah. Fair. So that is fair.
0: Ugh. Well, friends and neighbors, that was a <laughs> kind of haphazard episode, but it was all right. We, we probably need to get topics squared away.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know. know. You know, we had those topics in front of us. Yeah. Other than the very first one, was? Yeah.
0: Well, there, was, there were several of those we'd covered. Had we know. just
1: covered some of those, but some of those is like, I didn't know how to really get into it. Yeah. But yeah, we covered, covered a lot of those already, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, it's it could be because we're, I mean, we, yeah, we we we, just, we uh, did a, a side episode. I mean, yeah. that was cool. almost three hours.
0: Yeah, we talked about a lot of our, our current a lot of topics. So. Uh, but we need to no. do one somewhere where it's like we we lay out like a basic. We mean rundown of the Bible. Like that'd be cool. Like we going to
1: explain the entire Bible in one, in one episode.
0: It could be done, <laughs> but you you'd have to hit the high points. That's all you then? No, no.
1: I've never even read the full Bible.
0: I, I think I've there's thought about a doing couple it, but... chapters I've missed. But,
1: yeah. yeah. But, I don't know. Well, yeah. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> I don't know how much people will... I don't think people like our religious episodes. I don't know. Maybe not.
0: We'll give them to them whether they like them or not. Yeah, you're
1: not forced <laughs> to listen to this. All right. Yeah. Um. Thanks for listening. Any last words for us, David?
0: Bawing, as always.
1: Classic. <laughs> we need to get that on our shirt. Yes, we do. I had a good idea for a shirt about it, but... I don't know how to make it. So
0: okay, well, maybe we'll maybe out. we
1: can get your sister in on it. She's hey, a whole design person. Mm-hmm. But yeah, awesome. So thanks for listening. Okay, catch you we'll catch next time. See you next time. Peace.
0: See ya.